This is the Quick Slants Podcast. What is up, Packers fans, and welcome back to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game On Wisconsin. I'm your host, Jason Perrone. You can find me over on Twitter, X, at Jason Perrone. I'm also over on Threads, at Jason Perrone 25. Hope everybody is having a good week so far. Happy Monday. And we're going to break down the last week with the Green Bay Packers, which was capped off by the 22nd annual family night practice slash scrimmage on Saturday night. So let's jump in and and talk a little bit about that. This was, it was a success. It was highly attended as it always is. The Packers usually almost sell out the stadium for this practice, which is incredible. Great show of support by this team. We know Packers fans are the best fans in all of sports. Interestingly enough, the Packers did not allow this to be streamed, which they they never have. And team president Mark Murphy cited that he didn't want the the Packers to lose a competitive advantage because they're installing some changes to their offense and or their defense, and they didn't want it to be on on film for other others to see, which is an absolute crock of sh. You know what? I mean that that's just. Mark Murphy has become known for saying too much of what's on his mind, and we love it because we get that peek behind the curtain of what's actually happening at 1265 Lombardi, what the Packers are saying, what the front office is saying. This is not that. I mean, we are not dumb enough to think that this is, you know, this highly publicized event going on 22 years isn't going to draw scouts from other teams. It is. I mean, don't look us in the eye and try and feed us that lame line of crap at any given home game, more than half the crowd is outside of Green Bay. And a good portion are from outside of Wisconsin. So you, if you were in Wisconsin in the local market, you could watch the practice. But outside of that, no, it's it's not going to happen. And so I just wanted to address that and just, you know, the Packers are very slow to evolve. And I guess based on how their social media team rolls, we've seen some criticism from them and how uncreative they are. They were ranked 32nd out of 32 teams by some outlets recently as far as social media efforts in the NFL the, the Packers are still content to be miles behind in terms of creating and sharing content with their fans. I mean, hopefully by the year 2040, Family Night's available to us. Probably It'll probably be for some nominal fee of $50 plus tax by then if you want to buy, if you want to pay for the right to stream it if you're outside of, of Wisconsin or Green Bay. But anyway, Family Night was a success despite the fact that we had to rely on video taken by others and watch it after the fact. But Good coverage by the media and some good recaps. And so let's kind of talk about the week that was over this past week. So starting with with the scrimmage itself, David Bakhtiari didn't participate. And he hasn't practiced since he dropped out of practice on Tuesday, which was concerning for a lot of fans. And Matt LaFleur said it's not a cause for concern. Their focus is on making sure that Bakhtiari is ready for the season to start and for game days. They're heavily monitoring and managing his workload and nothing nothing to see here, much ado about nothing, which hopefully is the case. Although you would rather see a player out there than not. But if, if anybody can get by without practicing a bunch, I think Bakhtiari can be uh, one of those guys. I think he'll be fine. Now, Elton Jen- Jenkins missed practice with an illness. He wasn't out there for family night, but that hopefully is something that will resolve itself sooner than later. And he's back with the, with the team this week. Packers are going to be traveling this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And it was sticking with the offensive line. There was another botch snap between quarterback Jordan Love and center. And it sounds like 
all of these occurrences that have happened in training camp so far have been when Josh Myers has been at center. So whether it's the center, the quarterback, whatever it might be, Josh Myers, as, as Andy Herman over at Packaday Podcast has said, is that common denominator. So because of the issues that they've had earlier this week, we saw Zach Tom move in and take some first team reps at center. And that's obviously a thing because if the Packers are looking for their best offensive line combination, they're not just resting on their laurels and saying, this is a second round pick from two years ago. We have to stick with him, which we know Brian Gutekunst very much does. He loves his draft picks, but the coaching staff is saying, look, we've got to get our best five out there. And again, as I've said before many times, in a season when you have a new quarterback, a young quarterback taking his first uh, reps as starter and as the full-time starter, he being, of course, Jordan Love. So with some of the changes that happened, Zach Tom had to move out to tackle, and there were some other, other guys that got some reps inside at family night. But push comes to shove. I think you'll you'll see Zach Tom out there. And, and I, I think ideally, if Josh Myers can reclaim the starting job and perform well, then you've got Tom out at right tackle, and that's where what you want right now. I think he's he's best and most effective out there. You've got Yash Nyman, but remember, Yash struggled against Aiden Hutchinson in Week 17, and Hutch is a rookie. I mean, albeit a very highly rated rookie, he was a second overall pick. But he he being Nyman, you know, you put him out there as a starter. You want him to be able to to hold it down, and you kind of assume if he's out there opening day that you you picture that he can be the guy that can get you through 17 regular season games and then the playoffs if needed. He just hasn't shown that that's the case. Zach Tom had to come in and kind of salvage things a little bit in the at the end of the season last year. So I think Zach Tom out at right tackle and Myers grabbing that center spot would be most ideal. But glad the Packers have Yash because if, if Tom has to go in and, and take over at center and Josh Myers just is a disaster, gets the yips, like can't play, whatever it be, you've got a contingency plan there. And that's why the Packers are very fortunate to have Yash and to have hung on to him. I know there was some talk about do they trade him and they haven't at this point, and I think that's part of the reason why is they still don't know what this offensive line is going to look like. So that's something to monitor over the next couple of days. And now we start the preseason. We'll get to see these guys in game action, and that's where that's where the real rubber will meet the road. We'll see how well those guys do in actual game play. At tight end, rookies Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft both appeared to have a pretty decent night. Luke Musgrave was wide open on a few occasions. He had a bunch of long gains. Uh, so it looks like the offensive game plan or the scheme is working well for him, and he's making the most of those opportunities. Looks like he and Jordan Love are developing a little chemistry between the two of them, well, which is very common for a young quarterback. Love that tight end, and the Packers finally having a, a really good tight end would be a nice change because it's been a long time, not since Jermichael Finley, have they had somebody that was reliable on a regular basis. So hopefully Musgrave can be that. Tucker Kraft reportedly blocked well. Had a couple of really good blocks on a couple of big plays. That bodes, at least in small part, really well. Because we know for sure now that Mercedes Lewis will not be back with the Packers this season. He signed with the Chicago Bears earlier this uh, last week. And so the Packers will see a Lewis in week one. And he'll be a Chicago Bear this year. So he will not be back with the Packers despite anybody who may have wanted him back or even the coaching staff. I know Matt LaFleur has said he wanted Lewis back. He's a big fan of Mercedes but it's they're sticking with their young players. And again, that's something that the Packers have 
stood with this season, and I think they're gonna gonna defer to the the youth movement to try to get their young guys more reps, see what they have for the future, let those guys go through some growing pains. The team knows they're gonna have to deal with those as well. And when I kind of talk about the the vibe of this team, the summary at the end, you'll hear me say that again too. This this is this season is gonna be about hoping that the youth can can rise up and play at their best and dealing with some of those bumps and learning learning curves that they're going to go through at the beginning part of the season. Some really good news and a, a nice turnaround on family night was the kicker, Anders Carlson. He had a stellar performance after being very average at best up to that point in the few, first few practices in training camp. He was 9 out of 10 on family night. And his only miss was when the snap was really, really bad. It was the the snapper was rookie uh, Broughton Hatcher. And the snap was low and Carlson missed the kick. Otherwise, he was 9 out of 10. Now, at the end of last week, GM Brian Gutekunst's comments indicated that he wasn't worried about the underwhelming kicking so far from Carlson. And prior to family night, that did sound like more from a general manager who unwaveringly supports his draft picks. Like I said, sometimes to a fault, he's going to defer to the guys that he drafted. And I tweeted out a question earlier in the day on Saturday before family night about whether we should be surprised that a kicker who is not great in college has also not been great in his first NFL training camp. Most players don't go from being average to below average in college and become solid professionals. It just doesn't happen very often. Now, I know that kickers are, are different from position players. And Rich Basaccia is an above-average special teams coach. He was very helpful with Daniel Carlson, Andres' brother in Las Vegas. We know all about that. But unlike a position player or a special teams unit, kickers have to singularly do their part right in order to score the points. Right? I mean, on offense and defense and special teams, if you screw up, you have 10 other guys on the field that might be able to actually mitigate the badness that your screw-up creates. They might still be able to make the play. They might still be able to limit a bad play, etc. If a kicker doesn't do the thing right, it's instantly points off the board. That's three points that you're not that you don't get. So in the end, it's it's the points that matter when the clock hits zero. I don't I don't know how much a coach can fix a kicker. I mean, we saw Mason Crosby go through a couple slumps. And straight up, when if you don't do it right, you it's immediately points off the board. You miss a tackle, you miss a throw, you even throw an interception as a quarterback, miss a block, drop a ball. You can you've got you know two other downs, three other downs, other other plays, more time to make it up, right? But regardless, I'm glad to see Anders have a much better day. I saw a comment about maybe he's just a bright lights type of guy. And hey, listen, there's no better time to perform better than your average than when those lights are on and it's for real. So there's a practice in Green Bay on Monday and then the Packers will head to Cincinnati for joint practice on Wednesday and then they have the preseason opener there on Friday. So we'll get a more more time to see how Carlson follows up his great night. We'll see what, what happened in the preseason game if they get a chance to kick. We'll know more. Hopefully we're still sp- singing some praises and we're still talking about some of the good things that he did. But that was that was excellent to see from from the kicker change because I know a lot of us are ner- nervous after watching a who is surely to be Packer Hall of Famer and Mason Crosby put together 16 solid seasons for us as as a kicker and not to leave the punters out, but there is a battle 
between veteran Pat O'Donnell and, and Daniel Whelan. And that continued. I and mean, they were about even during family night with their their depth and hang time. And with the preseason just days away, I guess we'll see who gets the first reps against the Bengals and which way the Packers are leaning. We're going to get a lot of clarity by this time next week. So it's an exciting week for, for the Packers. Some guys that have continued their year two emergence, I'll call it. Devontae Wyatt. Just I keep hearing his name. He keeps showing up. He keeps playing well. He keeps showing the dog, pun intended, that he that he had when he was at Georgia. He just didn't get many snaps last year, and he definitely had some frustrations with that. I think he was working through learning the NFL game and understanding that you're not the top guy any longer. You have to earn your way in. And I think he's settled in, and he looks like he's going to get some chances to play. And if he continues to make plays, he's going to be on the field plenty this season and make up for those snaps that he wasn't out there last year. So on the defensive line, Devontae Wyatt looking like he could turn into what we hoped that he would be next to Kenny Clark up front, help get that push. He's getting, getting a good push on the passer, pressure on the pocket. That's all the things that you want from this young defense as they continue to hopefully ascend and continue to be better. And, and with a team as young as this, the theme of the day and the theme of all of it is going to be how do these guys step up, respond, grow from one year to the next? Sean Ryan had a good week as well, the offensive lineman. He seemed like just the guy on the outside looking in. He had the suspension last year. He was a third-round pick. We all know about the curse of the Packers' third round. He had a really good week, showed up really well in his one-on-ones and in some of the family night stuff that we saw too. So that was good to see. I mean, you can never have too many solid offensive linemen. You're going to have some attrition. And again, the Packers are still tinkering with this lineup trying to figure out who they have where. We all know Royce Newman has struggled greatly when he had to go in there. He got trucked on one play in family night when he was out there in relief of some of the guys that couldn't practice. So I think it's only only good to get the, the top rotation that you have on the offensive line. If Sean Ryan can step up and be a dude, that's great. Saw some great routes from Jaden Reed, Dontavion Wicks. Now they also lack some consistency as young players do. But in practice, we saw Jaden Reed run some really crisp routes, gain some separation. And these are against the veteran corners, Russell Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, Jair. They're making some plays. Wicks, in moments, can make some great plays. And others, he's he's still learning and very much a young player. Romeo Dobbs, I keep seeing Romeo Dobbs. He's looking like a very crisp, chiseled wide receiver in year two. He's got a lot of grow, growing to do, and he can... He can do better and be better, but if he gains that confidence and he ends up growing up quickly, then this whole narrative about the Packers having the historically young wide receiver tandem or duo or or group in the NFL really becomes a moot point, and they can still perform and do well. We saw Christian Watson continue to make some plays, made a nice contested catch on family night. He continues to grow and ascend, and he's got the confidence of his quarterback, and they have the confidence of their quarterback, Jordan Love. He's going to throw the ball to the guys that are open. All these guys are going to get opportunities, right? It's it's not going to be pick your favorite. It's going to be pick the favorite. Pick the guy who's open. Kind of reminds me of a young Brett Favre who had Sterling Sharp when he started in 92 for the Packers. And it was the Sterling Sharp show for so many years because he was the best receiver on the roster. And then you had a bunch of also-rans. And Favre started turning some of those also-rans into stars because he was thrown to the open guy. Want to see more of that? These guys are getting open. 
Jaden Reed's really exciting. It looks like he's going to be a, a dude, a baller, a, a gadget type player. There's more speed in Green Bay. We're gonna we're gonna see a lot of fast play, things that we're not necessarily as, as used to from years past, and that's exciting. Catch up with the NFL now because it's all about speed and getting open and athleticism. The Packers have plenty of it. So on the defensive side of the ball at safety, this is a position that's is is kind of under a microscope right now. Jonathan Owens was uh, at safety opposite Darnell Savage to start the family night scrimmage. They continue to try to find their ideal tandem. I would have thought that Tarverius Moore would have grabbed that second spot. He was in with the twos on Saturday. He did make some plays. He's a veteran. He's got experience, right? Played in the Super Bowl. I will see. I, there's a reason why they're sticking more. They've been sticking with Rudy Ford, and now they've got Owens out there instead of Moore, again, with, with Savage. You know, the Packers seem content to move a player in Darnell Savage back to safety after he was benched last season and moved to corner. And now they're putting him back at safety. And they, they were just throwing Rudy Ford out there to start training camp. And Ford is more of a special teams ace. Rookie Anthony Johnson is just that. He's a rookie. He's, he needs time to learn and come into his own. I don't think he's ready to be a starter, although maybe. We'll see how they play in the games. But I'm hoping that the safety doesn't become this big bugaboo for this team. They always seem to find there's one position that they just can't or don't address. And it, it rears its ugly head at, at many points during the season and becomes part of the narrative of what the Packers season becomes. And I hope the safety group isn't that. They've got good corners, obviously. Stokes is making his way back. Jair's having a really good camp. Keyshawn Nixon's a solid veteran. You know he's going to make some plays just because he's savvy. Russell Douglas is, is still a very good cornerback, too. He's savvy, too. You don't want to see all that great play wasted because the back end screwed up or wasn't able to make plays because they didn't have decent guys back there. May the best man win or the best men win whatever it's going to be on the back end, but it's very, very important that you don't waste a solid growth up front by guys like Devontae Wyatt, a good solid pass rush when Rashawn Gary comes back, Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness, all those guys getting a push on the quarterback and your safety blows coverage and a guy's wide open behind everybody. Like, just don't want to see that. So hopefully the safety position doesn't become that that problem area for this team. So I said it before and, and kind of in summary too, this season is to just max out what they have. Now, obviously you want to do that in any season. It doesn't matter whether you have a veteran team, a young team, you want to max out all your positions. You want all your players playing at their best to determine how your, how your team is going to perform that year. But this is also to determine what the future looks like because there's so many young players and they're going to be better next year than they were this year and two years from now more so than this year and next year. And you know, I think, I think when it's good this season, it's going to be very good. It's going to look really, really good. When it's not good, I think it's going to look not great. You know, a little bit of a feast or famine type thing. I don't know that we're going to see a bunch of middling football. I, I really do think that we're going to see some really phenomenal, spectacular moments That'll make us say, wow, the future looks bright. And then there's going to be some moments where we're like, yep, this team is young and they they show it, right? It, it shows that that inexperience is there with all, uh, young guys learning their way in the NFL. And and I think that means that we're all going to have to deal with some of those bumps of learning. It just, it just is what it is, right? So some gameplay is about to start. Preseason game starts on Friday. We'll see how all of this looks in some live action. That'll give us some more context behind how this team really is shaping up and how these guys can play. We always see some players who do great in practice disappear in games, vice versa. Guys who aren't great in in practice show up huge in games and guys have made roster spots because of that. And I think if most of the good that we've seen so far in practices 
and what we're going to see in preseason, if it manifests itself on Sundays on a regular basis, this Packers team can easily hit the ceiling and win double-digit games this season, which is going to put them in the playoffs. Uh, if they regress more to the mean, meaning that they play average, guys play average and what we expect, rookies, young veterans, then they probably max out around nine wins, which is what Vegas has them at, more or less. Eight, eight, nine. Eight or nine wins. Too early to tell or no right now, but that's why I've been using the word intriguing to describe this season. We just don't, we don't know enough yet, but we're about to find out again, starting this Friday. It's preseason. I know it's vanilla. These aren't real games, but it is a game. It's a game environment. And guys who are fighting to make a roster spot or to make this team know they have to play well in these games and they're going to be, be treating it like it is a regular season game and they'll come out with their hair on fire, playing great, running around, and, and it'll just be exciting to see some actual Packers football again at some point. I want to close out with some thoughts on media because there were some comments that were made last week from the media about the Packers, about Jordan Love, and I'm going to call it trash media specifically. You know, there are quite a few out there who who just want to put out a take about the Packers or Love and then ride with it, regardless of how much Love does, doesn't do, improves, doesn't improve throughout training camp, the preseason, and it'll continue through this season too. I know it will. And I'm not going to honor any of these individuals by name on this show. They will not get any pub that way. There are more than one. Some of them were at one time media members that I respected, that I listened to, and they now have just kind of become a sad shell of themselves, catering to the corporate giants that they work for in order to get clicks, push narratives, to remain relevant, and you know to keep their bread coming in, to keep their jobs. You know they're they're basically given a script. Hey, you're gonna you're gonna play the bad guy today. This is what I want you to say, and they just go out there and they say it. And listen. I get that corporate America is about the almighty dollar and and many of us have fallen in line with things we didn't exactly love so that we could keep our job, keep our income and and all that good stuff. But that doesn't change how it looks. It looks how it looks. When you are selling out, when you are saying things that obviously aren't great, aren't true, aren't flattering, there's going to be opinions about you and how you look, the words are coming out of your mouth. So it's on you. You can blame your company, but you're the one, you're the mouthpiece. So you're getting all the attention. You're getting all the backlash. And in media, that look is on TV, on the radio, on podcasts. It sees, uh, it gets a lot of eyes. It gets a lot of ears. If you're choosing that bad look for your livelihood, you just look bad. It is what it is. But you look bad. You sound bad, you lose respect, and eventually you're going to be sitting in a corner by yourself because everyone's going to get tired of your bullshit. And let's just call it what it is. That's exactly what it is. We all we all get tired of it after a while. And that's what a lot of media is now. It's not reporting what happened and what was said. It's throwing out takes and a bunch of numbers and rankings that support the take, twisting the numbers, omitting things that don't help the argument move along, hoping that those consuming the content won't dig deeper to realize that those numbers are actually not true, that they're false. 
and that they'll blindly follow your logic and say, oh, wow, yeah, okay, it's really worse than we thought, or oh, it's really not as bad as we thought, and and follow the logic like you're some sort of Pied Piper. You know, I, I know that it's been that way for a while. I understand that, but it's not any less annoying. And I've been on both sides of the don't feed the trolls and then also responding to them to let them know how lame they are. I mean, we're all human. We have some days where we can let it go. We have some days where we can't. I am no, I'm not immune to that at all. I've had both. I've gone both ways. You do whatever makes you feel better. But in some cases, you can tell what these media are looking for. And again, I don't have to say their names. We all know who the big players are and who the most recent players are. I mean, we as Packers fans are going to hear a lot of rough takes on the team this year and also from about individual players. A lot of it's going to come from the national media. Some of it's going to come from local as well. Some of them will be honest takes and some of them are going to be haters who have wanted to see this team fall from grace for a long time. The NFL is a funny, funny place. Former players who are on media now, even media members, they're just like us. They have teams they like, they don't like players they like, they don't like, and, te- and things that they want to do well and things they want to fall apart. I mean, even the players aren't immune to hearing the noise and responding. We all we all have seen it before. We've seen Packers players take their shots, respond. All I can say is, as has been the case since Twitter X, whatever it is now, was invented, we do have to carefully choose what we consume and what we respond to. The old adage, life is 20% what happens, 80% what we do with it. So choose choose wisely. You got Packers fans you can interact with and talk to. You know, there's, there's the good ones and then there's those that claim to be Packers fans but want to spit some hate and, and negativity out there. You've got Bears, Vikings, Lions fans, other NFL fans that... Just want to chop things down. Just, you know, it's up to you to choose what you consume, how, and how you respond to it. But that's kind of my takeaway from this past week. I mean, it's it seems like the needle is moving in a pretty decent direction. I mean, I don't think that we feel any greater about how the, the Packers are going to be and, and as far as their record this season after this week of practice. But again, intriguing. Young players, needle moving forward, and they're going to, listen, they're going to lose some games. They're going to lose some games they should win. There's going to be disappointing moments. Jordan Love's going to make some throws that are going to make us say, what the hell was he thinking? He's going to make some throws that are going to make us think we're in for another 15 years of magic. Just enjoy the ride. Know that it's going to be some ups and downs this season. And listen, if they top out by the middle of the year, remember Mark Murphy said it's going to take us half a season to figure out what we have in Jordan Love. If by the middle of the year, Jordan Love is playing more towards the top of his game and his ceiling, this season could turn out to be a lot more fun than we think that it can be. But we're still Packers fans at the end of the day. Most important thing is that we're there every Sunday. There's Packers football right around the corner. Football season is here. It's been a long off season. And now it's time to focus on the green and yellow and what they can do as they start to put the pads on, play games, Pray for good health. Hopefully everybody comes out of these games healthy and the Packers and their coaching staff get a chance to figure out who the best 53 guys are going to be once they start preparing for the week one game in Chicago against the Bears, who had a absolutely sparsely joke-laden family day practice this past weekend. Please don't try to be like us, Bears. You, you, you can't. You absolutely cannot beat 
family night with the Green Bay Packers. Try as you may, just know that people in the stands have phones, those phones have cameras, and we saw all 338 people who came to your practice on Saturday. Uh, match that up against the 55,000 people that were there for family night. You do the math and figure out what the percentage is there. I'll let you let you go on that note. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope your week is off to a great start. This has been the Quick Slants Podcast at Game On Wisconsin. You can follow Game On Wisconsin at Game On WI. You can follow me. I'm over at Twitter, X at Jason Perone. Have a great week, everybody. Hope your summer's winding down well. As always, go Pack Go. Off play action. Back to the throw. Prescott with time. Rifles it over the middle.